As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be. Oh man, it's eight o'clock. And so that'll make it a. I don't need the spotlight. I shine just fine. Hi, I'm Karma, and yes, I am a bitch. Rob Bros. Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Brav Bros, your favorite podcast from the bros for everybody, for whoever wants to listen. I am your co-host, Steel Russell, joined, as always, by the one and only Shooter Magooter. What's up, dude? Not a whole lot. I know we usually reserve this time in the beginning of the episode to talk about Philly sports and how well everything's going, but at this point, everybody knows the Philly's on fire, so we can just leave it at that. I want to go somewhere a little different, but it's still pop culture, so it's, you know, it's in our realm. Uh, House of the Dragon finale Sunday night. No new episodes. Two years. It's two years till the next episode. Twenty twenty four. Why? I don't know. I don't but... know why they do things like this. I have a really big issue with TV overall right now, and I'm gonna I'm gonna use this time to talk about that. Okay, since we're starting off like kind of in a bummer zone, I'm just <laughs> gonna keep it going downhill. People need to get together, like the execs of these companies, and figure out the format. Okay, we need to figure out how we're going to present television as a whole from now on, because COVID fucked everything up, all right? We were all used to everything dropping, and we could binge the shit out of it in like a week. And then we get out of COVID, and people are starting to like go back to the weekly episodes. When I tell you, it took me so long to finish whole seasons of shows because I would stop watching them. I would stop watching after two episodes because I was sick of waiting, and I would just forget about them because my brain sucks. And then like three months after the show has now ended, I'm like, oh shit, I got to go back and watch that. I need people to figure out, are we going to stream it all at once? Are we dropping it all together? Or are we going back to a weekly format? I can't handle that some are one way and some are the other. Now, where this ties into House of the Dragon, if you know, this goes to like, this is like the Avatar theory, okay? I'm going to call this the, the James Cameron Avatar theory. If you know that you are not going to release your follow-up for a very long period of time. Wait to release the first one. Take the time to have it back-to-back. I'm not going to care in two years. I'll get back into it, I'm sure. But I, I promise you right now, because of how my brain works, I'll forget everybody's name. I'll forget who the families yeah. are. I mean, I, and I get it. I know it takes a long time to film. But with shows like this, especially House of the Dragon, which is coming off the heels of Game of Thrones, you know people are going to love it. You know you're going to get renewed for a second season. Nobody's going to be like, oh, this sucks. Let's not have more of this. So have it ready to go. Like, why weren't they already filming? They should have been know. filming while this season was dropping. Pisses me off. We have to wait two years for me to stand all of Damon's war crimes, which is exactly what I want to do. You're going to stand them? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Anything he does, fine. Great Dude, job, Damon. The end of the, I don't know how this has turned into a House of the Dragon podcast, but here we are. That takes us to our segment. It was well-received last week. I heard from multiple sources that the Rose and Thorn was funny, so we are going to stick with our Rose and Thorn for the foreseeable future. Do you want to go first? Uh, yeah. Oh, actually. just to break it down, if we have any new listeners, Rose and Thorn, we go through our comments via TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. Pick out your Rose, meaning your favorite comment, and your Thorn, your least favorite comment, and then you have to explain why. Continue. All right. Yeah. So I'll, I'll get us started. Uh, I've got a little bit of a murky one for my rose, but I, it made me laugh because I'm a little self-deprecating. I think it's funny. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I 
I swear I to hope God, it's the same one. I swear to God, you're about to say the same one. All right. Well, I'll just start it off and you let me know. Okay. So this comes from Her Majesty. And she said, okay, I'm officially standing Mario now. The taste jumped out. She was calling me Mario because I was wearing red <laughs> and I have the mustache. It's funny. That wasn't mine, but that's really funny. Yeah, it was really funny. Um, so, I mean, that's great. Keep those things rolling in. Um, <laughs> and then the other one was, I mean, it's kind of mean. I mean, there was a whole lot of things. Uh, you mentioned that we, we went viral on, tic- or on Twitter. rather. Twitter is a dangerous place. People Twitter's are a lot meaner. meaner. People on TikTok are nice. They're supportive. Even if they don't quite agree with you, they're still going to be like, but I still love your content. Yeah, it's nice. Twitter's just like, nah, fuck you. No. A lot of gatekeeping on Twitter. So the one that I saw today, which was just brought to my attention, was, I don't even want to do the justice of giving this person a name, but they said, we need to keep straight men out of housewives. Housewives are for gay people and for women. I don't agree with that. See, like, that's what we're doing here. We're trying to diffuse the stigma that straight men can't watch Housewives. It's bullshit. I don't understand. Like, you would never go into a bar and, like, if a chick was watching sports, be like, you can't watch this. Go home and watch reality TV. Like, no. And then that's the reply that I left. I said, this is huge. Oh, you like football? Name every player and their stats energy. Yeah. And that's exactly what it is. And that's not, like... If somebody, anyone walks into the bar and they say, oh, I watch football, my first response is never, that's for straight men only. How no. dare you? Get the fuck out of here. No, no. Just enjoy that somebody else is enjoying it. If they have some opinions about it that you don't like, that's fine. Keep it to yourself. But I, I don't know. I mean, Twitter's not the place for that. No, Twitter, yeah, Twitter gets a little dangerous. But uh, I love it, though. Yeah, it, it is a good way to pass some downtime. Um, all right. My Rose and Thorn. I'm excited. I'm so, I found some really, really good ones. I almost have like 15 to share, but I'm going to say, <laughs> this is my rose. It's so good and so graphic. So I apologize to all of our listeners before I read this. But if you saw a clip of Shooter kind of going after Dorit a little bit, he finishes it with kind of an awkward, come at me in the comments. You can come all, oh, and kind of trails off. We all get it. Haha, ha, it's funny. Someone took umbrage with what you were saying, <laughs> and they responded with this. You bet your ass I'm going to come all over him for Dorit. I'm going to come on his face and his back and his chest. Not every moment on the show has to be drama. <laughs> you know, I opened myself up to that one, and I knew I was going to, and I was fine with it. I think it was funny. There were a couple of those comments, but that was definitely the best one. That, did you see that one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah. so as soon as I saw it, I was like, well, there's my rose. <laughs> and my thorn... Is also a rose for me. It's a thorn for you. But it, was, it also made me audibly laugh. So I want to preface this one with, I think you're a handsome guy. Okay? Oh, I know which one. You're a good-looking yeah. fella. Yeah. <laughs> I think you dress well. You, you got it going on, pal. Okay? <laughs> From the opinion minion. Is this dot, dot, dot. Is this Bill Aiden? <laughs> That's so. It's funny though because my fiance said that I kind of do look like Bill Aiden, and I took offense to that. I was like, "What the fuck? Like, why?" She's like, "No, I think Bill's actually a pretty handsome older man." Hey, look, you I know? don't think Bill's a bad-looking dude. No, not at all. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. It's just it made me laugh because then I looked at a picture. I was like, "I mean, I can kind of see it." There was another one, and I thought this is where you were going to go, where the whoever it was that commented said, 
I agree with the hot one. Hey. The other one's a little sus because he said that Rinna can come back before Dorit does. I'm like, ah, man, we're putting people in fucking, like, bins over here. Oh, man. I'll be the hot one. Yeah, that's fine. Until you have a bad take. Yeah, until I have a bad take. At least I'm not Bill Aiden. (laughs) (laughs) But since we don't have to cram as much into this episode, we're back with a little Bravo news, what's going on in the Bravo world, and I think that... In keeping with this is a Beverly Hills-centric episode, the last Beverly Hills-centric episode for a very long time, thank the Lord. We got to talk about Rena's potential burner account, and then I have a follow-up that I need to, we need to dive into together once we get through this, but okay. we'll get there. So, at Woke Stan is an account that goes to bat for Erica Jane, it goes to bat for Rena. it calls out a lot of our girls, you know, Sutton, Garcelle, Crystal... It came out, someone tracked, like, reverse tracked the IP address, which is one really creepy that people can just do that. Oh, yeah. Like, I didn't like that at all. However, the IP was tracked back to Lisa Rinna's house. So, do you think at Woke Stan is Lisa Rinna? Uh, I think it could be, or it could be a pub- publicist, maybe. Now, the thing with the whole IP address, anybody can say anything they want on the internet. That's kind of how it works. They could also potentially replicate an IP address that looks like it's from her house. I think that people know where she lives, which is a problem in its own, but I don't know. I mean, I always tend to think that these celebrities are maybe one layer removed. Maybe they're pulling the strings here and there or whatever. But yeah, I, I mean, I think that whoever this is, is absolutely connected to Rena if it's not Rena herself. And the way that you can kind of figure that out is all these pictures keep popping up and it looks like it's just like a fan page and it's pictures of all the girls, all the Fox Force 5, whatever. And everybody's tagged in it except for Rinna, and Rinna's in the picture. So it doesn't really make any sense. Like, why would Rinna not be tagged in that picture? Unless, of course, there's also the conspiracy theory out there that someone's doing this to make her look bad. And then their plan is to do something horrendous or leave some bad comments here and there. So it makes her look really bad, which I could also say. Uh, in short, I'm going to say yes, I think she's connected to it. No, I totally agree. I think that whether she's running the account or not, I think she has input on what's going out. Of that account. Now, this takes me back to what I wanted to bring up. We had a comment today on Instagram, and I'm not going to say their name, not going to read the comment. I don't want this to turn into anything else. But it was not the nicest comment ever. And so I just clicked to see like who this profile was, try to like just kind of figure out who was coming at us. They don't have a ton of followers. And you know, when you click somebody that's private, at least lists like a few accounts that you have in common at the top. We obviously follow a lot of Bravo people. They follow us as well. You would think that multiple would show up. The only one that popped up was The Pretty Mess, a.k.a. Mm. Erica Jane. Now, it's a bold statement. I'm not saying that we're important enough or anything like that. I'm not claiming to be influencers, even though some of us here are using that word frivolously. That would be me. (laughs) But could that potentially be a burner scenario? Yeah, it definitely could be. Um, I mean, when you sent it to me, my first thought was this person could just be always and consistently going to bat for Erica. And maybe Erica came across a comment or two and said, oh, I like this person because they're going to bat for me and I followed them. But if you're, if you're a person that's commenting on every Bravo page, which is seemingly what this person's doing, you would imagine that there's, I mean, there are other Bravo people out there. I mean, Zach is one of them who love Erica, love Rita, and they will stand by them. That person, being a different Bravo page, would probably 
follow the person who's going to bat for Erica. Wouldn't you, would you think, think? You would think there would at least be one other connection. That's yeah. my point. It was weird to me that of all the Bravo accounts we follow, and we follow multiple stances. We follow Rinna stances. We follow Garcelle stances. We follow like multiple different mm-hmm. pages. So you would think that one of them would match up other than just Erica Jane. That's all I'm saying. Again, I'm not trying to get on some high horse here. Like we matter that much. Well, okay? I, I think we do matter. That's I know. The thing I'm is, not. This is not. <laughs> I, well, I, I mean, we are influencers. So here's the thing. There are people that are connecting dots here and there. And obviously we had a situation maybe a month or two ago where it looked like Rinna pretty much just quoted us mm-hmm. in one of her interviews. And we're like, all right, maybe that's a coincidence, whatever. There was also an incident last or an incident last week. I know where, where this. Andy apologized on radio talking about how he should have dug a little deeper into Garcelle and made sure that she felt better and maybe went after the other girls a little bit for the bullying, whatever. And it came on the heels of one of our videos that went viral. Now, being on social media all the time, I didn't see that many people going after Andy, to be honest. There were a lot of people that quote tweeted us, kind of added their opinion and whatever. But Bravo pages didn't really go after Andy. And there wasn't really anything that came anywhere close to us. Now, I mean, Andy's online. He's a guy who is kind of toned into whatever's going on around him. Yeah, obviously, I think he saw our video. And I like to think that he apologized to Garcelle or on behalf of Garcelle or whatever and reached out to her last week because of us. So, you know what? Influencers. Well, two rebuttals here. Okay. One, if this is true, I had the same thought, honestly, you know, not to pat ourselves on the back, but I I kind of thought that that might be a thing. Um, But if that's true and he didn't follow any of our accounts, I'm kind of bummed. That's fair. (laughs) Because he apologized, which means that, you know, he listened if it was our video. And I would have liked, you know, like a follow, maybe like a like. Yeah. Or something, you know, anything. But two, if that's the case, I was really hoping at some point we could be guest bartenders. And if he did see our video and that was his response, I imagine that it was as positive of a response as we could have hoped for instead of him being like, fuck these guys. Yeah. So the door's still open there. That's what I'm saying. I, I feel like if he saw that and saw us and we didn't get any inklings or even a follow, I'm not hopeful. I actually am. You know what? I think that we're I on know the radar you are. now. You're walking around here throwing influencer around, yeah. hoping it'll stick. I will not say it. <laughs> Hell yeah. I mean, in this situation, we are literally influencers. This we is... influenced Andy to apologize to Garcelle. Your influencer is my Rabha. All right. Fair enough. Okay. Okay. Just yeah. so, that, that so we if understand. listeners are listening, which they are, feel free to reach out and call <laughs> us influencers. Don't fucking do it. Please don't do this one. better than Rabha. My Rabha team, you've standed, standed, standed. You've stood by me for so long. If you do this, if you call him the I word, I will be upset. Oh, I'm running away with that one. I hate this. Anyway. We're just going to stick with Beverly Hills with the news today. And another one surrounding, of course, Rinna once again. And, shockingly, it's about her social media. So, there was a picture that went around. I don't know how valid this picture is. I don't know if the post was verified. I don't know the ins and outs. All right, I should have done a little more digging. It came out that it was like a picture of her holding a gun, and then Patrick Selmers was like, oh, she's giving me death threats. Like, this is pretty much a death threat. And, like, he posted a lawsuit, I think, against her. Like, he posted the pages of whatever 
I just don't really understand. This is like the third time I think that Andy has referenced her social media in a reunion, if not more. At what point? She said, I, I need a chance to change. Just give me a chance, guys. Give me a chance. How many chances do you need? Shit. Like, we're not even that far removed from the reunion and the filming of it, and you, all, you cannot whew. breathe. I can't. I'm probably going to keep that in there because this is how flustered I am. It's so hard for me to watch people, whether it's on TV or not, that continuously do the wrong thing or say the wrong thing or act a certain way. And then they're addressed and they refuse to acknowledge that they suck and they need to change. I mean, it literally makes my head hurt. And so for somebody that's in the public eye that's getting plastered on social media every single day, everyone's talking about it. You're taking a stance that, oh, I'm going to lean into this and like be more crazy after I've said multiple times, I'm going to stop being crazy. What the fuck are we doing here? It's a contract year. Just stirring up interest. I actually, I do think it's real and it was removed either because of the gun violence or because she realized how stupid it is and deleted it. My question is, I mean, this is, we've talked about Patrick Summers 10 times, still haven't really put a face to the name, but whatever. No, 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 dude. I, so... I stayed up one night, I was watching TV, and on our Instagram, somebody sent me a link, Patrick Summers went live, Zach went live with him, I told you this. Oh, yeah, 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 okay, that's fair. Yeah. Well, either way, I do think it's real, Um, I mean, there were comments on it, it looked like maybe Rinna had like a prop gun from her soap opera days, whatever, and that's what she did, and on the comment, or the the caption was, me when I find Patrick S. I think that's legit, but... Patrick was also the first person that was tied to potentially Kathy going on a racist rant or a homophobic rant, whatever. Why? Like, I don't, I don't really understand it because it seemed like Patrick was like working for Rinna or working for Erica to try to make Kathy look bad. I don't think he's, has he done anything towards Rinna that would warrant this? I guess he has. I still think it's real. I think that Rinna is so off the deep end on social media that it, Really wouldn't be that surprising if she put this up and then realized how stupid it was and took it down. Someone just needs to like suspend her accounts or take her phone away or put her on pause. Put her on pause, man. That's all we're asking. But that takes us back to my favorite. We are back in Potomac with the Grand Dame herself. Episode three. How are we feeling? I love it. So good. It's so good. I mean, honestly, between this and Salt Lake, it's. It's got a little bit of drama, and then a lot of it's kind of easygoing and fun, and it doesn't feel forced, although Candace would probably beg to differ on that one. <laughs> I would actually agree with Candace. Um, but, I mean, between last week, the end of last week, where Candace literally broke the fourth wall and said, do, do not remove my fourth wall break, that's awesome. And then I feel like she feels the same way that a lot of the fans do when she's yelling at the producer saying, this is not what we're pushing. This isn't the storyline that we're going to go with this year. I'm not dealing with this. If you want me on the show still, leave my fucking husband out of this. Go after the creep, obviously. But they want fresh material. We feel like this all the time with various shows. But the producers have their hand in a little too much, and they're pushing narratives and pushing storylines that we're kind of tired of, or we feel like there's no substance. In this case, I mean, Chris got a bad rap, obviously. He, and that's that's the main takeaway from the episode. And I, I feel bad saying it now because we had a little exchange with him on Twitter. We did. Apparently he doesn't drink Monster, so I'm going to throw that one out the window. But What did you see? I never saw the can. I went off I of saw your the can. word. I mean, you know what it could have been? It could have been a liquid death. 
I'll give him that. It was a what big 16 ounce white can. My mind immediately went to, you know, he works late nights. Every person in the food and bev industry, talk to Craig about this, <laughs> drinks some sort of energy drink or whatever. So that's what I thought he was drinking. I mean, his personality in the first two episodes to me looked like that's what he was doing. But maybe I was wrong. Maybe I got the guy wrong. I'm going to give him a fresh start. I requested uh, at least just one benefit of the doubt token because that's what goes on in their family. So give it to me. He did say, what did he say? It's uh, under consideration. He All said right. our benefit of the doubt token is under consideration. And I would like to take this opportunity to publicly apologize. And after watching tonight, I felt, I legit felt bad that we said anything about it yeah. because watching the quote unquote evidence against him, I was like, dude, like they're just trying to throw this guy under the bus. None yeah, of this makes any sense. And I was like, I think I got the wrong read and maybe I shouldn't have said anything. So, but that's going to happen from time it to does time. Happen. I mean, we are presented with bits and pieces of somebody's life. We are going to have takes on the information that's given to us. And that's what the producers want us to think clearly in the first two episodes. That's how they edited it. They wanted us to think, all right, maybe there is a little bit of sketchiness going on here with Chris, but now we see he's kind of getting a bad rap for it. Do I like that? He, he wears joggers and pulls them all the way up to his calves. Absolutely not. Big fashion issue there for me. But does he seem uh, like an all right dude? I've done it. <laughs> all right. I've done I, it. You know, does he seem like an all right dude? Yeah, I, I think he's fine. I have a new outlook on him and, you know, we apologize. Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, this is not pandering because of Twitter. This is just, look, because of who we are and how we address things, we are going to tell you how we see it. We're going to tell you like it is in our minds. We're going to get it wrong sometimes, and I think that we got this one wrong. And we will also come out and say when we're wrong. Yeah, hand so, up. Hand up. You can't see it, but our hands are up. Mine's not, but well, you know, it's, it's verbal up, hand up. It's up in spirit. As, as Wendy said tonight, I'm standing, but I'm standing. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> After the twerking class, the ladies are just kind of sitting around chatting, and we get a big blow up between Robin and Wendy because... Wendy is holding on to the fact that she didn't instigate anything, that she is not complicit in the rumors that are going on, that the way that she said it was, are there some things, like she gave such a convoluted answer to begin with in trying to defend herself that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me, where she's saying, I'll stand by my friend. There's some things that she needs to answer for. I don't understand what's going on, but I believe her. Like, no, you don't. You just said you don't believe her. That's what that means. Just because you're standing by your friend, but you're questioning everything that she's doing. I mean, the whole situation is just brewing over and you just see kind of like a tennis match. Like they're on opposite sides of the room. Everybody sitting in the middle is just going back and forth and back and forth. Clearly, there's a lot of issues between Robin and Wendy. And it's, you know, kind of entertaining to watch on TV. I'm not going to lie. But where I drew the line, and it's so funny because it was an instant flip and it was so great. When they, when Robin starts talking about how she's having her kids party and everything, and she openly invites everyone's kids to this party in front of Wendy, and then just gives her like a little glare, a little side eye, looking over, waiting to see what her response is. Wendy doesn't give a shit, but Wendy's like, you know what? That's where I draw the line. We can have our issues. We can do this. We can do that. But I draw the line of kids. You're not going to push my kids out of the picture just because you and I have beef. I fully agreed with that. I'm like, you know, that is kind of shitty, Robin. Leave the kids out of Leave it. Leave the kids out of Always. it. Always. But to see that, and then to then see Wendy walk out with one of the moments of why we watch Housewives. Hot mic. 
wild. And I had to rewind it because I'm like, wait, who the fuck just said that? And the producer said, oh, yeah, Zen Wen, what's going on? How's it going? And she's like, oh, yeah, you, you know she's just fucking lying. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, my God. She literally says she. <laughs> you just defended her for 10 minutes trying to defend your friend and then to walk out and be like, but we all know she's fucking lying. Like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> what the hell was that? But that brings me back to like, there's a couple moments like in all of these shows where you kind of get smacked in the back of the head. You're like, oh, yeah, it, this is reality television. You fall victim to it. You're watching and you get caught up in the vibe of what's going on. You're like, wow, this is crazy. I can't believe these people would yell at each other like this. And then they leave them. And you're like, oh, right. Some of this is fake. <laughs> now, I do wish there were more hot mics. I don't want to dilute the water by any means because, you know, the content is great. And when we do get a hot mic, it's always awesome. But yeah, do I want some more hot mics, especially in Beverly Hills when things are going on that we don't Absolutely. know? Absolutely. Why were there no microphones in Kyle's house? Anyway. This was great, and it was such a great moment in television for me to actually stand up and be like, holy shit, that's awesome. Did you actually stand up? Yeah. Wow. Love that. It wasn't a sit-down stand-up. It was a full-on stand-up. Oh, yeah. That was my favorite quote of that whole exchange. She's like, then stand for your truth. Stand for your truth. And she, Robin literally gets up and stands for her truth and says, I'm standing. Wendy says, I'm sitting, but I'm standing. And I was (laughs) like, I mean, I get what you're saying, but... You're sitting. Yeah. <laughs> Not much else happened this episode, but when I say that about Potomac, like the moments in between are just lovely. Like I love watching Ray and Karen, and that whole exchange is hysterical to me. Like, yeah, Ray's when she like, called he... him her national treasure at home, I was like, that's funny. I love that. <laughs> I love their interactions together. So the moments in between, like the crazy stuff, I appreciate. I, I enjoy watching them. They're good TV. They make me feel good. Yeah. You know? That's all we ask for. Yeah, that's all we ask for. A little drama and then some feel-good stuff. Both. We get to Mia and Robin, and they there's some weird tension between the two of them because of what happened at the Spring Fling. Because she got lumped in with what Giselle was saying. Now, Robin did say that she had some questions about what was going on. I don't think Robin was ever outwardly rude about it she was just kind of stating fact like there's something fishy about this not all of this tracks i want to know what's going on giselle's the one that ramped it up and said this is what cancer looks like so for her to kind of lump her in i thought sucked and robin just wanted to kind of clear the air i guess so they sit down at lunch and we kind of get like a quick run through i guess of the instagram timeline or from mia's standpoint what she was trying to do with all of this and from what i gather the first post was she wasn't sure what the biopsy was going to bring out. Okay, fair. I believe that. The second one is where it gets a little fishy because she said that she was going to have the lumps removed, no cancer for now. The way that it seemed to line up was that she had already been biopsied and they had already shown no cancer. And so for her to say no cancer for now is ambiguous intentionally, I believe. Robin, it keeps going to her confessionals. You can see the more that Mia's saying, like the less Robin's believing her until she finally's like, okay. And I think it ends with, she said she has a lump on her, on her butt. And she's like, I'll show you anytime. It turns out it's not cancer. I have an autoimmune disease. So now we get like another disease thrown in. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what to believe. I don't know. And you can kind of see it on Robin's face the entire time. She's just perplexed back and forth and back and forth. Flummoxed, if you just will. Just trying to figure out what Mia's intentions are. And she put it in a good way. She said, if you're going to open that door to social media, if you're going to feel the need to post it, which she said she did. She wanted to post it because she had a story to tell. She wants people to understand what she's going through. That's awesome. You know what you should do after that? When you get good news and there is no cancer, 
And yeah, there's an autoimmune disorder, whatever. You can throw that into another post. Wouldn't you be as excited to post a cancer-free post right after? Well yes. said. Good point. Why would you then leave it a little murky if you don't just want attention and you don't want people to just pour out their hearts and say, I, you know, I hope and I pray for you, blah, blah, blah. Maybe that's what she really wants. But once you get that cancer-free notification and that call, that should be the first thing you do. <laughs> Wait, time out. I know, notification. Yeah, I know. I just, <laughs> but seriously, like if you get that news, that's the best news that you could hope for. That's what you're waiting on. That's why you're feeling so tense and why you felt the need to post the first post in the first place. You should follow it up and let everybody know who's been reaching out that you're okay. And yeah, you've got some other things going on, but it's not cancer. And then everybody will say, oh my God, thank God. That's so great. Why do you need to keep it going with the for now? Like no ambiguity is necessary when it comes to cancer. Oh, that's fully agree. Brutal. Fully and agree. It's, in, it's insensitive to people who do have cancer just so that you can get a couple more clicks, a couple more comments that say, I hope you feel better. Like, no, that's, that doesn't seem worth it. And I think Robin's, that's what Robin's just trying to get to the bottom of. And Mia's just not budging. And Mia kind of has a tendency for this stuff. Like last year, there was a few moments where she lied about something that somebody had said where the phrasing was different and the way that she phrased it was much more aggressive than what was actually said. And she kind of, it's not like she's flat out lying about it. It's just, she doesn't give the full truth. Yeah. And so that she leaves room once again for ambiguity. And when you leave that room, we, as we've seen with Beverly Hills, if there's room to interpret, people will interpret in their own way. If you're going to do this, like you said, very well, if you're going to open the door to this is what I'm going through on social media, then you need to at some point readdress that. If it's something that could potentially be terminal, such as cancer, then you need to let people know, hey, I'm good. Like you owe that to them. Like you said, yeah. these people are reaching out. I'm sure her DMs got flooded that day. And good, like I'm glad that she has people to support her through it. At the same time, you owe those people, hey, I'm okay, I'm in the clear for now. And you can say for now without implying something different, like that, that's okay, like hey, yeah, this was a scare, we gotta keep an eye on it, like I'm not completely out of the woods, but all, for all intents and purposes, I'm good for the foreseeable future. Like Absolutely. that's what you could say. Instead of, I don't know, we'll could see. Be. Stay tuned. It, stay tuned. Like that's, that's how I read that was stay tuned for more. And it's like, oh my God, you're just stringing people along for emotional support. Yeah. It, it's not, you know, it's not a good look. It's, it's really just not. And I mean, this episode was, it was the Robin episode. Let's be honest. She was in, I think every scene. I mean, she except was. for the one with Karen and Ray at the, uh, getting their pedicures or manicures. She showed up pretty much everywhere. She was talking to Juan, which we don't even really need to get into because it was just there. We need to comment on one thing. I don't think Juan Dixon makes more money than she does. No chance. No shot. I mean, I don't know what he does. I know that like pro athletes will end up doing other things and they have different business ventures or whatever. But uh, he wasn't in the league for long enough and he was never a starter. So he never really got that much money. I mean, he got more money than we can imagine. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's still like the vet minimum is like 200K. Whatever. If he invested well, good for him. I don't think he makes more than Robin right now. So that's pretty much where I'm Yeah, the prenup is to protect her, but whatever. For we sure. don't need to dive into it too far. Yeah. We don't know their financial standing. Yeah. I'm just assuming that Robin makes more than him. I, I fully agree with that. But we end the episode with Chris walking down the street and his joggers pulled up to his knees. Looks um, great. Walking into lunch, sitting down with Candace, and you can just tell that they're, they're on edge, obviously. I mean... There's a lot of rumors going around. Candace is arguing with producers, arguing with her friends. 
She can tell the writings on the wall for what this season's going to be, and she doesn't want to have any of it. Chris is sitting there like, shit, man, like, I'm just trying to work my ass off. I'm already getting shit from my wife for coming home late when I'm just trying to work, and I will take that gladly because she's my wife, and I want to make sure that she's comfortable. I don't need to be dealing with these other women and their rumors and them feeling weird about me just talking to them. And there was such good editing between the scene with Giselle talking to Karen and Chris talking to Candace and then ultimately Robin showing up. It was almost up. as though Chris was talking to Giselle. Exactly. It was like they were responding to each other. I thought it was great. Yeah. And you can tell it's so funny with Karen too because she's just, she's so diplomatic. I mean, she yep. never once, even though in her confessional, she's like, eh, I don't know. I just don't really understand this, but whatever. Then you go back to her actually talking to Giselle. And she's like, well, if you felt uncomfortable, then that's how you felt. We're not going to tell you how to feel. We're not going to tell you what you should or shouldn't do. That's the appropriate response. I love that. Karen's great. Giselle is, I don't fucking understand it. I mean, you and I can talk on it. Again, yeah, if it made you feel uncomfortable, one thing, whatever. Talk about it then. Bring it up within I a week. Will don't say, bring it up just because Ashley got a fucking story reply that made Ashley feel weird. And you go, oh, oh, I also felt weird too. Seven months ago. I like, agree. Fuck you. I agree. My only thing is that Robin does say that the night that it happened, she did mention it. She mentioned it when they left. They were in the van together going back to wherever they were. And but she Robin said, said that she didn't get the sense that it was anything big or well, anything that uncomfortable. Was, this is where it gets really confusing. And by confusing, I mean, I don't understand where the line was crossed. Mm -hmm. So in Chris's mind, Giselle asked him to go back to her room yeah, to discuss this, yeah. right? So that's confusing. And then to Chris's credit, regardless, multiple women have said he didn't say anything out of pocket. He didn't say anything that made me uncomfortable. When I asked him to go see if they need me back out there yet, he left immediately. So mm -hmm. Karen, you can tell, is kind of trying to toe this line of not being disrespectful and like listening to Giselle, but also confused about what the problem was. Now, Giselle said she felt uncomfortable. But then when you ask her questions like, was there anything said? Did he do anything that seemed off? No, no, no. No. So then, I mean, the question really is, why did you feel uncomfortable? Yeah, I guess. Is it just because you're in a room with a shut door with another man? I, I guess. You know, I mean, there is something to read into there. But to make a big deal about it, especially after it seems like the whole Ashley thing is just squashed. She's yeah, I know. She's fine. Like, she understands now. She's like, oh, he works there. He just wanted you to come over. Robin squashed that. Robin feels vindicated. That's great. Candace is like, this is fucking ridiculous. Well, it's, it's just, just going like, to keep coming. There's no, like you said, there's well, no Mia, substance. Oh, that's the other thing is that Mia said oh my that God, she felt dude. uncomfortable. Of course, now she's got to throw her hat in the ring and be fucking included. But this she's, is my point. Well, she said she felt uncomfortable at the spring fling because he was staring at her. And thankfully, the producers did not do him dirty in this sense. He was never looking at her. No, he, he said hi to her, then walked away and was looking the other direction. He almost looked like he was purposefully looking the other way. Like he wanted nothing to do with it. I think that he's a smart guy and he's like, I'm not looking in that direction. That's going to get me in trouble. Yeah. And I honestly do think that this says more about me as character than anything, that she is the type of woman that would be like, ooh, all eyes are on me. Everybody's staring at me. Oh, yeah. This for is sure. A, and then she can deem whether it's uncomfortable or not. And, and I don't, I, I just don't care for that behavior. It's fucked up. Leave it there. Robin comes in. I love that she walks in and Chris is like, oh, I don't know if I want to give you a hug. Get up. Give me a hug. I'm here. Let's talk about this shit. I don't like where this is going either. Let's discuss it. Chris gives his interpretation and we don't really get anywhere. The biggest issue here is who initiated because Giselle's saying that he said that 
Chris said, let's go to your room to talk about this, which doesn't seem that plausible. And then Chris says, she invited me into her room to talk about it. That makes more sense because Giselle did think that her glam team was still there. So that seemed yeah. comfortable. So I don't know why Giselle's now spinning it the other way against Chris. It's just he said, she said bullshit. And nothing happens at the end of the day. That's the biggest thing. Yes, you felt uncomfortable. All Chris really needs to do is just be like, you know what? You felt uncomfortable. I'm sorry. I won't ever put you in that situation again. But I'm happy that you brought it to my attention so that I won't do something like but that, that again. But that should be That's what the it. conversation should be. If he didn't do anything, like if he didn't make a weird move, make a weird comment, stand in a certain way that made you feel uncomfortable. Like if there was no physical or verbal indication that he was trying to be creepy, then you owe it to him to just take it to him and be like, yo, man, like, I didn't like that. Like, I don't want to be in that situation again. And all evidence that I've seen thus far, Chris would probably be like, oh, my God, like, I'm really sorry. Because even to his credit, when they're having this discussion at the table, he's like, maybe she did feel uncomfortable. And like, yeah, he, he felt bad about it. He did. And, and I think and this is the last thing that we can even really say. There's three levels here of wanting to be in the storyline. There's Ashley, who was in the storyline because of something that actually happened. Yep. There's Giselle, who's pushing a narrative to try to be involved in the storyline. Yep. And then there's Mia, who wasn't involved in the storyline at all, but she wants to be involved, so she's <laughs> going to make up some bullshit. That takes us to the slopes. We are back in Salt Lake, no longer the Real Housewives of Scottsdale. Sorry, dude. It was a good run. It's okay. Look, it's amazing that it happened at all. I know. You know no, I'm, I'm just happy it happened. Yeah. yeah. Smile because it happened. Don't cry because it's over. Exactly. Is that the right term? I, yeah. Laugh because it happened. Don't cry. I don't know what it is. Uh, it's, you know. It's close you, enough. You get you the get, general. Yeah, just, you guys yeah. get it. But yeah. everybody's just kind of recapping the Scottsdale trip. The important one that I want to talk about, we get Heather and Angie. So we meet Angie H. She's been in the show previously, but you're meeting Angie for the first time. And thank God they use that last initial. Like if later you're, if you're on, two fucking Angies though, like Ange, one's got to be Ange. Exactly. I mean, you're both seemingly vying for some sort of spot on this show. I I can't stand the last initial thing. It's just stupid. Just yeah, I don't appreciate it either. Ange, Angie, whatever. Just you know, some sort of difference. Yeah. No, it's, I, it's confusing. Yeah. So I already don't like it, but whatever. Um, but they're discussing. I didn't know that Heather was writing a book called Bad Mormon. I'm very curious about that. I will read that book. That yeah. sounds super interesting, and it's about like how she split from the church and how she doesn't agree with the church and kind of diving into some things of her past, and she gets kind of upset because she doesn't want people to know that she's had sex out of wedlock. I did think their response to that was funny. Oh, it's hilarious. In the clipboard, it's like, people know that, dude. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Don't you think they already know? <laughs> but she took like a little step back from a year, and we see it play out later on in the episode, but she's talking with Angie, and she kind of runs through the rumors, and Angie's like, what? I would never say that. That's ludicrous. I would, are you kidding me? Why would I want the wrath of Lisa Barlow again? Ha, ha, ha. Come to find out later, she goes with the I don't remember response. Yeah, I, I mean, that's all complete bullshit, too. And I mean, my first sense when Heather walked into Angie's house, Angie, Angie H. We'll Angie her, H. We'll call her Harrington. Harrington. So I like name. that. I Call like that. Harrington. Harrington. So she walks into Harrington's house and <laughs> she's doing her best to, you know, every time that somebody walks in the house, you're always serving a charcuterie board or something. I took this, this whole episode to me seemed like a tryout. And I knew going into it that there were only a few housewives, obviously Jen's on the, on the outs. She's 
probably not going to be on next season because she's going to be in jail. Yeah, she'll be in prison. They have some vacant spots there, at least two, maybe three, if you want to throw in and get a little crazy. Well, what's your what's your ideal housewife number? Six, I think. I think six is a I solid think six number. Six is solid. I, you know, seven, eight's a little too crazy. Unless um, it's Potomac. I, Potomac is good because you get like a core five, not like the force five, but there's a core five there. And then you get like Wendy pops in and Sharice is in. I love Sharice. Sharice pops in and she does a couple of things. It's, it's nice. You I think know, Wendy will take a uh, bigger presence as the season goes on. She's usually more involved. I okay. will say that. All right. I'll take that. But this whole episode to me just seems like a tryout. I mean, the amount of people that went to the ski slopes, friends, and I, obviously Heather's cousins, that's fine. They're not going to be on the show. But the amount of friends that came out and they're all, you know, trying their hardest and trying to be funny and trying to remain on camera. I think this is a fucking tryout. Everybody knows that Jen's out. We need to fill that spot. We need probably one more. So why not? If they throw in both Angies, I'm going to lose my shit. Yeah, that would that would be really tough to watch. They, they, they would choose to one legally and then change the other it. one's got to go. Like move to a different city, Cleveland or something. Ooh. Start your own franchise. And then we're good. Do I mean, you, that's fine. Do you think... That in every housewife tryout, they have two people with the same name always, and one of them wins out. I would love that. Like, there's, oh, there's like a Heather Gay and a Heather Brown. And then there's Lisa Barlow and Lisa Bobble. <laughs> I can't think of a... I thought you were going to say Lucy, Lisa Kudrow. But, um, oh, that would have been better. That would have been good. But, yeah, no, I, I do really like that idea. And I also like us being on the team to figure out who's who. But, um, yeah. That's kind of what I took away. And yeah, the two of them sitting down, it just seems like her reaction to pretty much everything that Heather was saying was just disingenuous. And everything that she was saying back didn't really make a whole lot of sense. She's like, oh, absolutely not. No way. Right away, you're like, eh, I don't like Yeah, this. fishy. And I know that Whitney's not really to be trusted. But what I do trust about Whitney is when she gets overwhelmed with you know, stress or holding in a lie or whatever. She's just going to blow up. And it will come out. out. It will come out. Yes. So I do kind of trust that. And obviously we see a little bit later that that kind of fortifies the whole thing. Now, I will say I love a good ski slope episode because you yeah, get to see too. who's athletic, who's not, who's got it going on on the slopes, who's going to fall down. I love it. Whitney can shred. Oh, my God. Dude. I was. I knew right away as soon as she was given uh, Justin some shit because he was going to put the thing on the back of the car for their skis. Yeah. She's like, no, 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 no. We are a top of the car people. What are, what are you? you? You a top of the car guy or? A- I would definitely be top of the car kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't hate the, the ski rack on the back. I think it more depends on like, if you're fully that person, like that goes skiing like all over the country and like you live and die for that shit, which a lot of people do. I think that the back rack is okay. But, I think if you're a casual goer, you go on the top because I think, I think the back gives a different vibe. See, I, I mean, I think just out of safety purposes, you put it on the top. You put a little like, uh, like a bubble, why do you think like that's safer? Well, I don't know. It's just it on top of your car. Sure, if it's behind your car, you're you're not judging the distance between your car and the car behind you. Maybe a little bit. You have a camp- you get shit. You get it's it. Yeah, you got a camper. You got to. What about the top? If you feet? have to go like under a garage or something, you don't know how low it is, and you like ding it or knock it off of your car. Have you seen? Well, it's on top of have your car, you seen vacation? The garage. Have you seen the Griswolds? Yeah, but Chevy Chase is an idiot. That's irrelevant. I'm just saying that's. I a- think it's very relevant for that argument. I think if you forget 
there's something on top of your car or you forget that there's something behind your You're car. You're not going to forget if it's behind. You'll see it in the rearview mirror. Maybe not. Not with skis. If it's low enough. What? The lower... We can just... <laughs> All right. We're not going to get anywhere. It's fine. I just want to know we're if moving you were on. a topper aside, you know? Yeah. I'm a topper. Okay. <laughs> and the, like the one bad moment for Heather that I referenced earlier... She says, I'm going to bring you to this, like, après ski thing. Um, we're having, like, a snow bunny day at the mountain, so I want you to come, like, implying, like, I want to put you in front of Lisa. I don't know if it was malintent where she was trying to stir the pot, but I cannot, for the life of me, I've been trying to figure out how could she have done this in an amicable way where she wasn't trying to be shady, and I really can't. Like, there's no world in which you set all this up knowing the allegations that this woman threw out there that what she said can ruin Lisa's life. Lisa is under the impression that she, without a doubt, said these things. So for you to even assume that this would be a good idea, in my mind, is Heather trying to scheme a little bit? Is she trying to be shady? Is she trying to put Lisa in an uncomfortable position? I think so. Um, and I do always think that the people on these shows are completely aware of what's going on and what's going to be filmed. She obviously, she sat down with Angie seemingly the day before. Obviously, she's going to invite her. We always talk about this like, hey, quick phone call, quick text. Just a heads up, Lisa. Angie's going to come. You don't have to talk to her. You can kind of keep your distance, but don't be blindsided. But time and time again in all of these shows, we see people get blindsided when they have beef with somebody who just randomly shows up to an event. And I honestly think that's just par for the course for these shows. I think whether it's the producer that does it, whether it's somebody just being mindful, like, ooh, this could be good TV if I just have Angie show up and Lisa's going to be there. Maybe some shit will pop off and I'll be in the middle of it. And oh, it's actually yeah, good it could for be me. a producer moment. I, I always think about that. And less the producers, more just, you know, obviously, like, yeah, they're reality TV stars. They need to make sure that there's something going on at all times. You don't just want a nice lazy day at the ski slopes and everybody just hanging out and not talking shit or not getting into beef or whatever. Yeah, I mean, that would be fine every once in a while. We would love some of that in Beverly Hills because everything's fucking drama-centric. But we do need it sometimes. So I don't really have an issue with it. I'm going to stand Heather because I like Heather a lot. Yes, yeah, So I'm just going to stick on her side and I'm going to say that, yeah, she probably did. And I'm good with it. Oh, there you, yeah. to, there you go. I was like, it's not really sticking to her <laughs> side. <laughs> and it's good because you're starting to get to meet the families a little bit. You're getting to know more of the characters. Like we have a moment with Brooks, who is Meredith's son. And the only thing I wanted to touch on here is the Brett Favre comment. Oh, man. That that's his ideal boyfriend. Because Brett Favre would make a horrible boyfriend. Oh, my God. Okay, This dude sends UDPs. Which, for those that don't know, a UDP is an unsolicited dick pic. Arguably one of the worst ideas on the planet. To yeah, assume. it was one of the biggest stories in like 2008. I know. He Literally, he sent it to, was she a, a She was reporter? a reporter for the Jets, yeah. yeah. What a moron. That's your ideal boyfriend? Is a guy that's... that's that, I mean, that's in Brett Favre's character, too. He doesn't realize how far technology has come. And you see it. I mean, he's in an issue right now where he took welfare money from the state of Mississippi to build a football facility and a volleyball facility at Southern Miss just to try to attract some more people. He didn't realize that he was texting people saying, wait, this isn't going to come out in the press, is it? Like, yeah, of course it's going to come out in the press if something goes sideways, idiot. <laughs> He's just a dumbass. I, it was funny to hear Brett Favre, but when I think about it, I, I'm really not that surprised that Seth 
is all about Brett Favre. No, it, it, it tracks fine. for Seth yeah. 100%. But for the record, buddy, he would make a horrible boyfriend. But then we get to see more of Coach, and I love Coach, assuming that he's not complicit. If something comes out that he is complicit, this conversation will change. But for now, he seems like such a genuine guy. This scene pissed me off, and I'm going to tell you why. Okay, don't you worry. They're doing an exercise in which, for couples therapy, I don't even think that they were shaky. I think that they're doing couples therapy to help them navigate this situation with Jen going to prison or going to trial at this point. So I commend him for, one, making the effort to do that, and two, like he's really into it. He's like, we're going to do some soul gazing. You're going to stare into my eyes. I'm going to stare into yours. So I thought immediately, like, we have to try this. So you and I are going to stare into each other's eyes for oh, like no. 10 seconds. I'm going to cut out like the <laughs> moments in between, but for at least five seconds to 10 seconds, we're just going to stare at each other and see what happens. Okay, you ready? I'm ready. Okay, go. Now you got to really look. You got to look into my soul. Go. Okay, I don't like it. I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah, no, that was weird. No, I don't, that, that, I don't like it at all. <laughs> Try to take it seriously. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck's I think going on. because you took it so seriously, it made me more uncomfortable. Yeah, disorder, I feel uncomfortable. You, know? you owe me an apology. No, thanks. Okay, but here's what pissed me off. So he says something very touching to her. He says, for you, I want to show you my love for you more. I want to show you that I love you. Very touching. Very genuine. You can tell this man really gives a shit. It goes to a, his confessional, which I wasn't expecting. And he goes, I have to be strong. I have to be stronger for her. Got to be stronger for me. Like, she needs me because she's going through a lot. Very touching. When it goes to her, and this could be an editing thing. I'm not going to throw that out the window. But it goes to her and she says, I had the longest weekend. I had this. I had that. I'm going through. I understand that she's going through a lot of shit. I get that she is dealing with a trial. She's guilty, so I don't give a shit, but I get that she's going through it. This moment wasn't about that. This moment was about you and your husband connecting on a new level so you can get through this together. He's making the effort, and you're going to sit there, and the first thing you say is a selfish thing about how tough your weekend was in Scottsdale with your girlfriends. Fuck that. I hated that. Like This guy's being open, vulnerable, and trying to do something to help them through this, and she immediately brings it back to herself. And that just, once again... The evidence continues to pile up that she is just selfish. The party pissed me off. We talked about that too many times, and I apologize, but it keeps popping up. Selfish moment after selfish moment after selfish moment. And the only reprieve I get, and it makes me laugh, literally, out loud, is when she then gets all, like, sappy and emotional. It's like, I just want to, like, I'm going to continue to proclaim my innocence. I'm like, you're guilty as shit. You've already said it. There's a recording that just came out of her trying to get a college student to donate their tuition or some shit. That's great. There's a voice recording. Like, God. you are guilty, and you continue to say, ah, uh, like, you cry about it. I'm innocent, I'm innocent. And that's the only way that I can get over, like, seeing her treat people like shit. And it was subtle, and it might not even be a thing. It could be the editing. But to me, that's more evidence against her. Good. I object. Yeah, no, that's, I, oh, nice, legal terms. Um, no, I mean, I, and I love talking about Jen because, there's only one right take here and it's just that she's a huge asshole. Yeah. Like that's pretty much the only thing. So there's no way to dig into this and say that we're picking sides or any other bullshit that we see in our comments. She's an asshole. And when it came to her talking about how her trial got pushed back to July and everybody around her is like, Ooh, like, are you okay with that? Blah, blah, blah. 
she starts talking about having a fucking party and going to the Hamptons. How stupid. And it's so funny now because she pled guilty in July when that happened. Yep. And she was talking about going. And Whitney, again, somehow the voice of reason, this could be really bad for Jen. I don't know why she's so happy and go lucky about this. It doesn't make any sense. And everybody around her is like, oh, yeah, the Hamptons. I love the Hamptons. Like, I'll book the place. We can have a nice weekend, blah, blah, blah. Like, nah, they didn't get that weekend. I hope the rest of them still went. <laughs> and the entire time they just talked about how big of an asshole she was. I do know that multiple castmates were in New York at that time. I don't know if they were with her. I hope but they I know had a they planned were trip and she just didn't show up. Because, I mean, it's come out now that none of them have really talked to her at all. No, not, the so. only one that has and still stands by her is Heather. Well. Yeah, I know. Yeah, to a fault. But it's just so funny to me. I really do hope that they went to the Hamptons and had themselves a nice weekend. And just reflected on how big of associated assholes they all are because they supported her. Yeah. no, <laughs> It's really funny. Asshole by proxy. Yep. <laughs> but that takes us to the ski day. We actually get to the mountain. And this is when Angie and Lisa see each other for the first time since these rumors came out. We get to experience the most awkward hug of all time. We had two kind of weird moments where people were trying to squash some beef. Right? We had Angie and Lisa. And Lisa wasn't having it. She was like, I'm not talking to you. I don't want to talk to you. I'm checking out. Bye. And the other one was Heather and Whitney tried to repair whatever happened. Because on the way there, Whitney said, I'm willing to like talk it out. I want to get over this, but I don't know if we're there yet. And she grabs her and pulls her aside and they start talking. And this is where I get like a little confused as to like exactly what the issue was that Whitney was upset about. Like, I know it was kind of everything all-encompassing that she didn't have her back, that she didn't corroborate the rumors at the time, and then that she kind of threw her pain back at her, which I actually did agree with that last one. But the first two is where I'm having an issue, because she made it very clear that she was pissed that she didn't say that I heard those rumors, too. That's yeah. what she said she was mad about. She then says, well, if, they, you know, if you claim you don't remember, like, that's fine, I believe you. Again, going with the I don't remember routine, which is also a change in the story of what previously happened. Previously, it was that did not happen. That was not said, period. I was sitting next to her the entire game. She never said that. Now it's I don't remember. So I never believe the I don't remember routine. Any no, and, and leading into it, I did actually, I, obviously, like, and the way that Angie was talking in the beginning, I didn't really trust her, but also I don't really know her that well. But when she was talking about like, this is sort of like a business affair. Like when you're sitting courtside, my husband has a box down there. He has people that he does business with. I wouldn't be muddying the waters and talking about shit like that. And I'm like, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. A lot of people that sit courtside at pretty much any NBA game or NFL games, whatever, club seats, whatever, they're not going to talk about shit like that because it's a business affair. You don't want to make anyone else look bad, especially when you might be making money off of each other, whatever. Didn't really make any sense. And I'm like, eh, you know, maybe Whitney is just a little crazy. And then when she comes back with the, I don't remember, maybe I just completely blanked out on that. And I just really don't remember. It throws all credibility out the window. Yeah, And there's just no coming back from that. You can come back the next week. It was easy enough to just be like, all right, there's three people here. Two of them are saying that it didn't happen. The one person saying that it did happen. She's making it up or she heard something else and it wasn't us, whatever. But now when you're both going towards the, I don't remember type of excuse, it flips back to Whitney and you're like, all right, maybe Whitney actually is onto something. There. I know. And like the one thing with Whitney is 
I don't think that she outright lies. I don't think that when she says like half truths that she's trying to intentionally lie. I think yeah. that in her mind, like this is what happened. And then it kind of shifts over time. And then eventually she blows up and just yells it out. Like this is what happened. So I think that at some point we might get this to clear up a little bit. It very likely could just get swept under the rug and move on. I, I think it's going to be more centered around Lisa and Angie H or Harrington, as we're now calling Harrington, her. Yep. Hopefully we get that. I would like to see where the rumors came from. I would like to see, you know, did she talk shit at the game? Like all of these things I would like to come to light. I'm leaning towards Whitney being right. Honestly, I think Whitney heard something. I don't yeah, that's that's where I am, too. And here we are, the last one, Rob Huh, part three. After this, we don't have to talk about it for a while, but we start with Erica and we kind of dive back into her drinking and all the shit that she pulled this season. And it goes, I mean, the main point being the stuff with her and Garcelle, it flashes back to like the Jax moment and when she cusses him out in front of the entire party. But I think the big takeaway was Dorit and Kyle's reaction to it. Because Andy's like, well, you guys laughed at it, and it was a pretty shitty look, which I was glad that Andy said that. I'm yeah. like, there you go. Like, throw yeah. a little shade at them. Fuck. But they both go with the defense, like, I didn't see it. Once I saw it, I was mortified. I was appalled. And Garcelle asks Dorit, who did see it, like, why didn't you say anything? And Dorit says, like, I said, like, that's Garcelle's 14-year-old son. Like, he's a 14-year-old kid. Dorit said she felt like she got stabbed in the stomach. Yeah, like, come on. I know. She she did the most with that to try to, like, take the eyes off of her. Like, but no. she was fucking there. Like, I know. Like, she, of all people, I get it. Like, Kyle didn't see it. Is it shitty that she laughed and Mauricio laughed and then, obviously, Dorit and PK laughed? Whatever. Yes, of course. And they go with the defense of, you know, I didn't see it. And then when I saw it on TV, I saw the episode play out. I was shocked and appalled. Okay. What did you think that was going to look like? You heard that Erica told her 14 year old son to go fuck off, get the fuck out of here. Mm -hmm. And you thought it was funny then. Then you actually see it happen and you don't think it's funny. It's not like you turned a little bit and you're like, you know what? Like, I'm sorry. I thought it was funny at the time. Then I watched it. I'm like, you know what? This isn't funny. You said you were shocked and appalled. Yep. You can't go from finding something funny to finding something shocking and appalling. That's a huge swing. That's both and ends it's of fake the spectrum. As shit. It, I mean, let's just be honest. It's fake as shit. And you're just trying to save face because now you're sitting in a room right next to Garcelle. And Garcelle's a little bit on a mission. I mean, she's been defending herself and going back and forth. And she is taking names at this point. Like, why did you do this? Why did you do that? Dorit is the biggest offender of all. You sat there. She might be even more complicit than Erica is at this point because Erica at least owned up and she's like, look, like, yeah, I was drunk. I would have said that to anybody. It didn't matter who it was, but it, and this was a funny one for me. It didn't come from a place. It didn't come from a bad place. It came from a place of irresponsibility on my end. No, no, it was irresponsibility. Isn't that the same thing? <laughs> Isn't irresponsibility a bad thing? Yeah. Like, yeah, I know you didn't mean it and you weren't being mean to him, but that's also a shitty thing to say and it's irresponsible. They're kind of the same thing. So it, you didn't really save face there at all, whatever. But Dorit didn't do shit. And not only that, she then told Kyle and then laughed about it. So, I mean, Dorit looks like shit in this situation, so she can't say a thing. And to say that she got stabbed in the stomach or felt like she got stabbed in the stomach because of that, fuck off. I, I'm done with Dorit. And what she did at the end of the episode is fucking ridiculous, too. But that 
being the topic to start off with, I'm like, all right, let's move on. Let's just get to the Kathy. Thing. I agree. Just do the whole Kathy thing as the entire episode. There was one one thing that I do want to note, and then we'll get to Kathy. Garcelle said something that was really interesting, and it was like kind of breaking that fourth wall a little mm-hmm. bit for me, where she's like, you know, on this show, when women apologize, you're just, you're supposed to accept it, or else you look like the crazy one. Yeah. And I was like, oh man, like if you. I, if I flashed back in my mind to like 15 different instances where somebody came up to somebody else and was like, hey, I was out of line. I'm sorry. And they're like, we're good. We see it later on this episode with Rinna and Kathy. It's like instant gratification. Like, oh, no, everything's cool now. It's like, no. It depends on who's doing the apologizing and to who. That, that's if true. If it's within the, the Force 5, they instantly do actually apologize. Well, no, because this is what Gar- Garcelle saying. Like, yeah, I accepted her apology in that moment because she's surrounded by all the other women. And yeah. so when Erica's like, oh, I'm sorry. She's like, I mean, you have to say we're good or else you get labeled as crazy if you bring it up again later. Mm-hmm. Although Rinna will squash beef and then bring it up 10 minutes later and kick Sutton out of her house. Oh, yeah. But whatever. We can dive into that <laughs> very soon because woof, Rinna. Let's just get to Kathy. I don't know why we're waiting for it. I mean... I mean, we dove back into Erica's shit over and over again. We've talked about it at length, like not showing empathy. She says she does show empathy. Clearly, you didn't show empathy. Like the way that you were speaking was ridiculous. We don't have to go back and do this again. She had another exact same situation that she's had before where she just repeats herself over and over again, even though it means the same thing. Randy's like, okay, so you're, you're in a legal battle for that. I'm appealing. All right. Oh, so yeah, it's we a legal battle, that. right? It's an appeal. Like, no. An appeal is in the court of law, dumbass. That is a legal thing. Like, yeah, yeah, you're saying the same thing. And Andy's like, yeah, we're saying the same thing, but different. And she's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. If you are fighting to get back these earrings, just say, yeah, I'm fighting to get back these earrings. This is not a huge legal breaking thing that if you tell somebody on a show, yeah, I'm fighting back to get my earrings. I feel like I deserve them and I want them back. Cool. Everybody would be like, all right, whatever. I get that. That's fine. No, they, they wouldn't say it's fine. And I get that. They would say that's really shitty and weird. I don't know. I mean, if she lost them and she loved them, I don't care if she tries to get them back. That's, I that's think it fine just in makes my you, mind. It's not, it, it's not like getting the earrings back paints you as a terrible person. It's what the earrings symbolize that paints you as a terrible person. Like, Yeah, but if she's so caught up in this, I had nothing to do with anything that Tom did. And I love those earrings. Me getting them back doesn't mean that I did anything with Tom. It just means that I want my fucking I'm earrings I'm not saying back. it implies that she's complicit. And I'm saying it I shows that she she's shitty. Because, dude, just let them go. These earrings can go to the victims. Mm-hmm. Like, let them go to the victims. I don't know why you need these fucking Actually, earrings. I, I think that she thinks that all the victims have been paid as much as they should. And she shouldn't have to suffer anymore because of this. I really do think that's what she thinks. Oh, interesting. Interesting take. But, but yeah, you're fighting to get your earrings back. Just say it. Like, that's what you're doing. Yeah, you this... always, you know, to her credit, I will say she said that I, I haven't whined one time during this. Like, she has. She has not. No. That is true. So, you know, tip of the cap there. She has kept her chin up the whole time and kind of fought this whole thing coming on. But I just thought that that was a ridiculous venture to try to get those earrings back. Let Agreed. them go. The less you can stay out of the press, the, or the more you can stay out of the press, the better. Mm-hmm. Like this just, oh, it just draws negative attention. Rule number 76, draw attention to yourself, but on your own terms. Yeah, I like that one. But the main event, what we've been building up to this entire 300-episode season, this two-year-long season, Kathy makes it 
to the stage. We get Kathy entering, and immediately Rena and her are just throwing daggers at each other with their eyes, like just glaring and making faces, and they're both ready to go. Now, how do you think this went for Kathy overall? Not great, honestly. I think that she could have done a lot better. I think so, too. Um, the one funny takeaway was when she was saying that, oh, no, those texts, Lisa, I don't have those texts in my phone. I think that she honestly thinks that when she deletes a text message, <laughs> that it gets deleted first. on the other person's phone, the too. Thing. And she, that backfired in, like entirely. I wish they and, dove into that more, though. Well, I think that Andy looked at it and then looked at the number and was like, okay, cool. If it came back that Lisa actually fabricated those text messages, it would have been fucking oh, no, hilarious. No, 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 no. I'm not even saying to like try to vilify Rinnemore. I'm saying for Kathy's argument, first of all, we know that she deleted the text message and yeah. assumed, right? So that already knocks her credibility a little bit, which is tough because I think the issue here now... Overall, I still think that Rin is at fault. I still think that Eric is at fault. I think it's a shitty situation overall. But I think that Kathy came in and she got rattled early. I think her thoughts were kind of all over the place. She wasn't direct in how she was addressing the issues. So she got off to a rocky start. And it didn't serve her well that her big aha moment was this text message. And not only did it miss, it actually hurt her more than it did Rinna. Yeah, and there were a couple more things when Rinna was just kind of like reliving the whole thing. And we've talked about this a lot, way too much. But when Kathy says, I never stomped on my glasses. I've got them back in my dressing room right now. Do you want to see them? All right, Kathy, you can go out and buy the exact same glasses. I think that she just had these things prepared to show up Rinna. And then we as the viewer like, all right, like, you deleted text message. You probably thought that it got deleted off of Lisa's. You have the same pair of glasses because you either have six pairs of them or you went out and bought another pair, whatever. So these things aren't really holding up. And the biggest thing is Kathy didn't really need to do a whole lot. She really didn't need to say nah. a lot. She didn't need to explain as much as she did. And I think she overdid it and it made her look bad. But Lisa also didn't really do a whole lot for herself. She still looked bad. Honestly, that could have been Lisa's moment to kind of turn the tables a little Mm -hmm. bit. Had she performed better, had she went at it with a different approach, she could have actually probably taken a step up. Yeah. But she whiffed, shocking, and ends up kind of turning the tables back towards Kathy. And Kathy kind of settles down and starts to, like, be a little bit more direct. She's still not, like, great. Mm -hmm. But, like I said, I think she came into it. I think there's two things. I think, one, she came into it with a list. I'm going to say this, 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 and this. And, like, she had some that were absolute haymakers, such as the text message that missed. But I also think that she came into this with the mindset, like, I am a real housewife. I'm going to go in there with receipts. I'm going to go hard. I'm going to get everybody looking at Rena, pointing their finger at Rena to try and show what kind of person she is. That's what I think her goal was in this process. And I think that she got overwhelmed. I think that there was too much going on and she started just throwing shit out there and she didn't have enough good evidence. If you're going to bring receipts, we've seen it in the past. Okay. We've seen some very, very detailed, in-depth, good receipts that have still been cast aside. If you're going to take that approach, you need to have good shit to back it up, not your phone with a deleted text message. And the biggest problem with all of this and the biggest problem that has been with us since aspen is there is no evidence anywhere at all it's just she said she said constantly 
And even when uh, Erica brings up that she used a homophobic slur against the DJ or the manager or whoever, everybody's like, all right, like they just moved on. Nobody well, like really dwelled on it. And it really does come down to, and of course, Erica says, well, I heard you say that. No one else heard her say it. I heard you say mm -hmm. that. So now the only two people that have heard what Kathy said have seen what Kathy did, aside from, you know, having a meltdown in the club, which is fine. Everybody has a fucking meltdown. The damning things that Kathy supposedly did and said are all on the backs of Erica and Rinna. Isn't yep. that convenient? It's annoying, but isn't that convenient for them? Of course it is. Kathy's then battling back saying, I never said that. And then it just keeps going back and forth and we get absolutely nowhere. The crazy thing to me is like when Rinna is going over like all of these events that allegedly happened in this house, right? And she's saying all these things that Kathy did. One, if Kathy broke the glasses, if Kathy was banging walls, if Kathy was yelling at the top of her lungs, is that any different than the shit that we've seen on every other franchise and that we've seen from Lisa Rinna? Even Andy calls it out like, you've this is what traumatized you all the shit that you've seen all the shit you've been through all the shit that you have done you threw a glass at kim richards that was you but you have an issue with kathy having a meltdown and then she throws the word abused out there and that she was attacked she says attacked initially and makes it seem like it was physical like yeah. that was intentional she yep. said that word for a fucking reason remember all the way back to episode three words matter so by saying attacked, by saying abused, by saying these big, I guess, trigger words, you know what you're doing in that moment. The way that things work now, you do have to tread carefully when it comes to people's feelings and how they were at the time and how they still are if they were traumatized. You can't really dig a whole lot deeper when somebody brings up that word. In this case, I feel like Andy could have dug a little deeper and just been like, you're, you're joking, right? Like, you can mock it a little bit and be like, this is really what drove you to be traumatized and have to leave Crystal's party a week later, have to not be able to talk about it, even though it's the only thing that you wanted to talk about. This is really what happened. Like, really? Like, you had to lock the door away from Kathy fucking Hilton? That's like, what, what I'm saying. What did you think was going to happen? Was she coming at you with a knife? No. Was she just freaking out and yelling shit about people? Probably. Just walk away, though. You don't need to go running. Like, she made it seem like she went and ran and hid in her closet locked the door while kathy was running around with a knife yeah like she painted this hugely violent picture and that's not what happened I, and i believe kathy in this instance yeah she was probably having a meltdown she was probably freaking out she had a beef with rinna from earlier in the day do i think that kathy would then flip and be like you know what i'm gonna confide in rinna no she knows better than that that would be stupid. Well, Kathy so she's said, just melting down, like, leave her alone and she'll be fine. But at the same time, she also said, like, you know, I've known Lisa for a very long time. I thought that I could have a meltdown in front of her and, like, say these things or say anything. And she yeah. would be like, oh, I'm your friend. Like, I can't picture Rinna being in that situation and not being like, oh, she's just losing her shit. Like, she's having a bad night, whatever. We've all seen it. I just helped Erica out of this situation earlier. And I also thought it was hilarious when Kathy <laughs> threw Erica under the bus and was like, what about your $250,000 Cartier ring? What about your crocodile purse? Mm -hmm. Those aren't yours. Those are not your belongings. You don't own them. Loved that move. So oh, she, yeah. she did have receipts, but again, like that wasn't the timing of it could have been better, I but know. I love that she had like some good ammo. I just wish that it was a little more choreographed. Yeah. And the big takeaway too, is you're telling me that the woman 
who posted a story with a gun and said, I'm coming from Michael Summers. Thank you. Is afraid of Kathy Hilton. Thank you, dude. Slamming her glasses on the ground. Get the fuck out of here with that shit. It's just enough. I'm, I'm cool with it. End it. Let's go. Well, here's where it took a turn. This is where Kathy got back in the lead is she drops on Rinna. Oh, do you remember saying this? You're preaching to the choir. You're preaching to the choir. Rinna's response to that, I was like, oh, she did say that because Rinna kind of gets stuck. And like we've seen in the past where Rinna goes like, oh, I don't remember. She's had this moment with Kyle like a few seasons ago where Kyle says something about her sister, Kim, where she's like, you said that she's going to die or something like that. And Rinna like pops her head up and like gets big eyed. And she's like, what, what, what? I don't remember that. Blah, blah, blah. She always goes to, I don't remember. Mm -hmm. Once again, I don't remember. Immediately discredits anything that you're saying. So one, her initial face that she makes, the reaction that she had to Kathy saying that I was like, oh, she totally said that. And I can also hear that in my head. I can hear Rinna saying like, oh, you're preaching the choir. I've oh, heard her do she it. She says it all the time. Yeah. Right? And that's when it starts to get kind of heated. I mean, it's been heated at this point, but it boils over to a point where Kyle is now distraught. Like, she is sobbing. I'm going to get into how I feel about it, because I feel a certain way about this. I want to know, what's your reaction to that? I mean, look, is Kathy a good sister? No. Does Kyle play the martyr a lot? Yeah. I think she does. Yeah, and I think this was her biggest martyrdom performance. And she just sat there bawling her eyes out forever. And look, I get there's trauma in your past between your sister and you, and you don't really want your relationship between the two of you to be rocky because your daughter's getting married and you'd really like it if Kathy and her family showed up. I get all of those things. Rina being involved at all is still the stupidest thing to me. Let the sisters figure it out. And everybody on stage is even saying that, like, let the sisters figure it out. Now, I don't really understand how when Dorit tries to interject with Kyle, that Thank Kyle you. gets so pissed off about that. She's like, no, you stay out of this. This is between me and her. Like, all right, you should have done that with Rinna fucking six episodes ago. Rinna should have stayed the fuck out of it. If you really wanted it to be between you and your sister, now you're all emotionally distraught up on stage. So you're just going to yell at anybody that gets involved. Just keep it between the two of you. And Andy even says that. Why don't the two of you just talk this out? We'll let you guys figure it out and we'll be good to go. And that's how we'll end it. And I mean, we don't really get anywhere. It just seems like Kathy like forces another hug. I don't think this would have been nearly as big of a thing, if anything at all, if Rena wasn't involved. No, but that's the moment where Kyle can fucking do right by Kathy or just do right in general and be like, Rena, shut the fuck up, Mm -hmm. back off, get out of me and my sister's business. Like that was her shining moment where she could have vindicated herself for this entire season of not being great. All she has to do right then and there is say, Rinna, you said it yourself. This is between me and her. So stay out of it. Stop inserting yourself into our drama because you are fighting for a fucking storyline. Like Kathy called it out and then she lists off all of the women that she's gone through to get kicked off of the show and all the stupid shit she's done. Kyle should have, one, stood up for her sister. She should have finally stood up for Kathy even if they're still at odds, it always goes back to we're blood. We'll figure it out. We're blood. We'll figure it out. If you're blood, don't figure it out later. Stand the fuck up and tell this person to stop bullying your sister, whether you agree with your sister or not. I'm telling you right now, if me and you were on the street and someone was giving you shit, even if I thought you were wrong, I would still step up and say, yeah. yo, back the fuck off. So for you to sit there and watch your sister get berated, and not only that, but then you say, you guys don't know how it affects me, how it affects me, how when you smear her, it affects me. Bro. They're smearing her. 
her fucking name is out there and you have the audacity to say how it affects me, mm-hmm. I get that you're going through it. But then share that with Kathy. Share in that moment where you're both going through something shitty because of this fucking person across the room. Go after her. And even at the end of it, you still don't. It's banana land. It makes no sense. I'm so fucking glad this season's over. I digress. Well said. Thank you. Way I to go. Good. That uh, was great. Yeah. That's... Now, I will point out one thing. This is kind of funny. Do you think Brunette was trying to look like Khloe Kardashian? Yeah. Oh, my God. She dude. always goes. She dressed in that all blue get up with the gloves. Remember the blue the gloves? and Kardashians. That was a legit. Oh, yeah. that, that was a, a straight thing. up. That was a straight up Kardashian. Uh-huh. Yeah. So 100% she was trying to do that. That's so funny. But I mean, that's like the main bullet points from this. Once again, like, you know, I, it drives me nuts that Andy has the time of day to like give Kyle a reprieve and like make sure she's good. But in the meantime, Garcelle gets ignored entirely like that fucking sucked but whatever i think she's up for tv reality star of the year this she year is. i voted which yeah. oh i'm so stoked i'm yeah. gonna vote as many times as i can we're gonna get garcelle did not vote for beverly hills to be the best show of the year though. no absolutely is there like a razzies for reality tv uh, i hope so because i'll vote on that absolutely um but the only thing left to talk about i know you felt a certain way about it the ending of this episode dorit runs into Kyle's room to, I guess, make her feel better or to squash the beef. I don't know how they're doing, but that's your, <laughs> you're like chomping at the bit. Literally. Yeah. I mean, it, it just, it seemed like a fucking move and I hated it because at the end of everything, after Kathy finally leaves, Kyle turns to Garcelle, turns down towards Garcelle and Sutton, asks if she has lip gloss or lipstick or whatever on her face. It seems, I don't know. That was like kind of an inconspicuous moment. But it seemed like the tides were turning a little bit. That Kyle maybe is moving away from Dorit, Erica, Rinna, moving towards the more sane side of the room, if you will. And then Dorit comes in and makes sure everything's okay. And then doesn't slander Rinna, doesn't say anything bad, just shit talks Kathy the whole fucking time. Mm-hmm. We just sat through 20 minutes of Kyle talking about how her relationship with Kathy is very important and you guys need to stop butting in and let me just figure this out for myself and I don't want to lose my sister because if I lose my sister all over again, I'm going to be in a really dark place, blah, 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 blah. Dorit thinks that she deserves to be higher up. And by Dorit, I mean Dorit, Eric, Rinna. Because when Dorit's speaking, it's the three of them speaking. She doesn't do anything on her own. Let's be honest. She walks in there, pushes Kyle further away from Kathy, trying to alienate her a little bit and push her back to their side. You know what? You don't need a sister. You've got three sisters right here is how I read that. That's fucked up. It's almost as bad as what Ren has been doing. And it's just super insensitive to somebody who was clearly just losing their minds because they were at odds with their sister on live fucking TV. No, that's not the move at all. And then to further that, when it ends, we get the little blurb at the end how Kathy and Kyle haven't seen each other since the reunion, but then they see each other at BravoCon. Mm-hmm. You would think that would be a really long time, huh? You know when the reunion filmed? No. Mid-September. Oh. It's about three fucking weeks. Oh, man. Such I thought it was months. Bullshit. I me. had to look it up, and I knew, too, because I, we got all the stories coming out about the reunion. Whatever. They didn't see each other again until BravoCon. Oh, my God. They were kissing on the picture that they put up there, and it was three fucking weeks. I don't talk to my family for a couple of weeks if I've got shit going on. 
Everybody's got shit going on. Hey, call your shit mom. Happens. I mean, I, yeah, all right, fine. I talked to my mom, but like, <laughs> they said that they haven't seen each other for three weeks. It's not that big of a deal. No, it's Who really the hell not. Who cares? They're adults with their own lives going on. They looked happy in that picture. You know that Kathy's just going to be all hunky dory about everything. Who cares? Who is hunky dory? Who is hunky? <laughs> right, we have a coaster. A, we actually have a coaster. A Kathy Cook. Hunky dory. Love that. But yeah, I mean, that's it. That just furthered things for me. I hated the Dorit scene. Made me uneasy. And then Bravo trying to push a little bit. I don't like that. I hate that. Again, driving a wedge between sisters is brutal. Tough to watch. And I don't care because you know what? Fuck it. It's out. Yeah, we don't have to watch say, it anymore. Hey, hey, it's over. Yeah. Take we a made deep it. breath. Give me, give me a high five. <sighs> Damn, terrible. we tried to make it sound like a high five and we, that, was, that was embarrassing. <laughs> Let's just move on. We'll move on. That takes us to our question portion. From memes about Bravo, honest reaction when Kathy said she was more credible than Erica. I mean, she is. Yeah, I love that. That was a great moment. That was, that was another check for Kathy. Yeah. Let me, let me go ahead and say, I don't think Kathy was bad this reunion. I just think that she came out of the gate a little iffy. I agree I, with I that. think she cleaned it up towards the end. Yeah. From Philly Diva, do you think the Richard sisters will make up? Mm, yes. Yeah, I, I'm sure they will. Yeah. I mean, we see the housewives make up all the time, and they're not related. So yeah, yeah they'll I'm, make up, all out make up. I'm sure it's a matter of time, but yeah, I think they'll be all right. Oh, this is a good one for you, from Roxanne Adele. What do you think of Michael Darby's flashbacks? Oh God! <laughs> from fresh perspective, you've never seen it before. No, I know. I, the one thing that stuck with me was that he got out of bed to check the time, and then that's when they took the picture. That was a weird one. Yeah, that's and, so. That was the big one that blew up. Yeah, yeah, but like he got out of bed to check the time. Like, what is that? What he's saying he did? That's what. I guess that's what Ashley said. Yeah, that he again, was doing. okay. Like, so just, he's probably getting up to get dressed after having sex with another woman. Nah, I mean the dude's a scumbag. Yeah, who cares? Oh, I I love this one from Lord Tennant. What is the appropriate amount of blowies for courtside jazz tickets? Oh, for the Jazz, the Jazz are rebuilding this year. They traded away all their key assets. No blowies. I think that's an over-the-pants handy. Yeah. Yeah, that's I all agree. you need for Jazz Courtside. OTPHJ <laughs> for sure. That's all you need. <laughs> From Karolinski, do you want Teddy Mellencamp back? No. Absolutely not. Nope. I don't even need an explanation. No. No. I'm, I'm already tired of seeing her stupid podcast pop up. Ooh. Love this. From Keegan17, you have a four ball tomorrow. Which housewives are you bringing along? Housewives? Yeah. So four ball, for those that don't know, is a golf outing or a golf game, but whatever. Well, we kind of touched on this a little bit earlier about how we love seeing them do athletic things like skiing because then you can judge their athleticism. Whitney crushed it on the slopes today. I would imagine that she's probably got a pretty good golf swing. So Whitney's on the team right now. Okay. And I'm also going to put maybe robin dixon i feel like she's she's probably got a pretty good swing she's pretty athletic okay that's three or two i mean oh i need it's me and three yeah it's you and three okay um dorinda wild like dorinda golfs. yeah i think dorinda would be weirdly i, I can see it i can yeah. picture it she's got that country club athleticism i think i think that's a good way to put it yeah i think my four would be me um Heather, just yeah. for the camaraderie. Yeah, she'll I'll ride like the a keg I'll, out there. Yeah, I'll ride the cart with Heather. Um, and then I would go with, I'm going to go with Luann. 
because she was a countess. Oh, okay. So I think she played a lot of golf. That's a good pull. And then my last one, I need a ringer. I need someone that's going to win it with that birdie putt on the last hole. I'm going with, going with Bethany Frankel. Okay. I think for some weird reason, I think she'd be a good golfer. All right. That's my four. I'll take that. There yeah. you go. Well, I'll, I'll reach out to them. You reach out to yours. We'll see yeah, if we can see get this can... thing in the books. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and we'll finish it with this one because it's a very quick answer. From A Ramsey 125 do you think the reunion should have been four parts? Fuck no. Absolutely not. Get Ooh. me out of this season as soon as humanly possible. Yeah. Should have been one part. <laughs> it could have been Get one part. Get me over. It could have been Kathy and Rena, and then you could start it with like some of the littler stuff yeah. and then finish it with Kathy and Rena. tie a bow on it, take it home, we're done. But overall, dude, we did it. That's our first official season as Bronx Bros. What, First official housewife season. What a yeah. fucking wild ride. Yeah. Think about where we were when we started this fucking thing. We used to get stoked Hopeful. about a hundred people listening to an episode after like two weeks. Mm-hmm. So not only that, we were just hopeful that the season was going to be good. Oh yeah. We were also hopeful that, you know, it wasn't going to be a total train wreck and we aged like five years. Yeah. I mean, mentally, let's do my MEPS, my mental, emotional, physical, spiritual after this season. I am so drained. I've also had a lot going on with work. So like that, I feel like this is adding to my stress. Yeah. And I need some Salt Lake. I need some Potomac. I need some lighthearted drama. I need some fun times. Garcelle ends the reunion. She ends the reunion with, I just want to have fun. Uh, don't we all? So do we, dude. We yeah, hear we'll, you. Uh, and for those listening still, we will probably fill the gap with a little winter house that'll be fun yeah winter house is coming all right now that we have some time beverly hills is no longer on the docket winter house will be in the next episode so get ready i've been watching it it's pretty great so other than that continue to follow us um other than that continue to follow us on instagram at brav underscore bros follow us on twitter at brav underscore bros and on tiktok at brav bros no underscore just brav bros but That's all I got. You got anything else? Nope. All Uh, out. All right. Well, we will see you next week. Brav bros are out of here. Bye. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) Go Phils. (laughs) 